Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Coupe de Villa podcast. I'm Scott Cooper, and we are back to talk about Everton versus Aston Villa from the weekend. And we've got a very special guest, my brother, Justin Cooper. How you going, Justin? All right? Morning, everyone. Although it's not morning where you are, I guess. But yeah, hello. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Well, yep, he's an Everton fan, so we're going to get a bit of a different perspective on this game as well. So, And all of that, we'll go through all the match after this. Okay, so the Premier League was back and Villa travelled to Goodison Park to take on Everton, who uh, had a new manager, well, caretaker manager, Duncan Ferguson. And um, they were going through a difficult run, as were we, to be honest, five defeats in a row, four defeats in a row for us. So it was a must-win game, really, for both sides. And um, Noah, go to you first. Um well, actually, no, I'll go Justin first because <laughs> he is the special guest. And um, Justin, um, yeah, we thought we'd get you on with it for the Everton Villa and just give us a little spiel about how you became an Everton fan and, um, yeah. Um, well, um, it's uh, it's nothing more um, interesting than, uh, than the fact when I was a little boy, um, I, uh, I was looking... Uh, across all the all across all the teams um, in the top flight, of course, back then it wasn't the Premier League; it was um, it was the first division. Um, and uh, I just, I just, there's a couple of people um, in my uh, in my class who supported Everton. Uh, I looked, at, I watched them a couple of times, and just, I just took it from there. I was eight years old, um, yeah. so when I was, uh, I went through my teens. Um, and you may remember the 86 Cup, the World Cup. Gary Lineker was an Everton player uh, when he won the Golden Boot in 86. Um, mm. And then in uh, in 1990, when I, I passed my driving test and I started going to Goodison Park, uh, got a season ticket and I went home and away for a long, long time. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I've paid my dues. Um, I've seen as... Uh, uh, I've seen as uh, lose more than we've won probably over the last uh, 25, 30 years. Uh, but I was at Wembley for the last time we won uh, we won a trophy in '95. Paul Rideout scored the winner against Man United. So uh, uh, I've seen it all up and down. But yeah, I mean, uh, you, you don't change your colours, do you? So I'm I'm here for the long haul. Well, that's it. It was the glory days when you first started uh, supporting them. You know, they were winning league championships and European trophies and all sorts. Um, and you know, as you know, with Villa as well, the '80s was a you know a good period. But you know, it's been pretty quiet you know in the last sort of 20 years or so but um yeah just to explain like me me and justin are, are half brothers we've uh, got the same dad jeff hi jeff we're out there um and um yeah so we we didn't really grow up together but so that's why he's not maybe a villa fan he went his, uh, his own way but we always have good banter when there's was game when there's games on and we had some good banter on Saturday night, and we'll get to the the game, Noah. Um, from a Villa perspective, um, you know we uh, yeah, obviously, as we spoke about before, needed the needed the points. It was a really important game, and um, there were the the two changes: uh, McGinn in for Sanson and um, Coutinho in for um, Danny Ings. Uh, what did you think of when you saw the little lineup? Well, being honest, I thought it was the best possible team we could have picked at the time. Obviously, a few yeah. people still out, like Leon Bailey. But, I mean, the quality we had to bring in then, like, you're not going to say to Catania, oh, another arm on the bench, mate. You just scored. And apparently they took the assist off him, by the way, from the United game. They actually took the assist yeah. off him. Um, they took but, a slight yeah. deflection or something. Yeah. yeah. But you can't have players like that on the bench or not playing, in my opinion. Yes, Sanson, I think, a bit stiff. But McGinn's obviously going to come back in. He's vice-captain. He's going to do his role. Um, the game... As a whole, I think game of two halves for Villa. We were really hanging on there in the last, the second half, especially. But, you know, we got an early goal. The fans, the Everton fans didn't like it too much with Luca Digne getting the assist and threw a bottle at him, um, which I think was pretty disgusting. And you might see things like happening in France, I think, with the netting around the grounds. No one wants it. So if no mm. one wants it, you've got to cut this stuff out, in my opinion. But happy to get three points with the run we've got coming up. Hopefully, see a few more wins. Well, I saw today that someone's been charged by the uh, police. So, um that's that's good to see and i mean yeah obviously 
there was a lot of debate about that, the the bottle throwing and, you know, a lot of people saying um, that, you know, um, that maybe the Villa players sort of antagonised the crowd a, a bit. Um, I, I'm not sure if there was, you know, too much out of place there, but, you know, it, it's it's horrible to see. And hopefully, um, yeah, that, that person, you know, is banned forever. And um, we, you know, we can sort of stamp this, uh, this sort of thing out because we haven't seen much of this, you know, since the crowds have come back, it's been, you know, there's been the odd racist in- incident, which has been disappointing, but I haven't seen much violence, you know, over the last sort of 18 months or whatever. So I agree. Yeah. For um, sure. Yeah. That, that wasn't great, but that, yeah, like you said, the Villa started quite well, had a few sort of, you know, uh, half chances and then, um, you know, got the goal. Uh, great, great header by Buendia. Um, you know, smallest guy on the, on the pitch, which is uh, quite crazy that, uh, two minutes before them, him and Yerry Mina were arguing, and it looked like, uh, yeah, like a giant. <laughs> you know, well, I'll tell you about that goal, though, Scotty. If Pickford mm. doesn't touch it, Townsend 100% headers it off the line. Yeah. I mean, that, that touch from Pickford just gave it enough dip to lob Townsend. So thank you, Jordan. Pickford did us a, a big favor there. Uh, that's yeah. it. And um, I mean, Justin, you must have been, you know, fairly disappointed going into half time. Uh, Everton hadn't really had a shot. and um, yeah, weren't weren't looking like they were really creating much. It was um, it's an interesting one because uh, you know, as expected, the you know the atmosphere at Goodison was intense. Um, I think the fans were expecting an upturn um, in intensity and passion um, under Ferguson, and and they got it. And but you know, there was, was just this, it was a real just a lack of quality. Yeah. Uh, in the first half, I thought from us, and you know, Villa probably deserved to be. Did deserve to be winning at half time. Um, I mean, the nature of the goal, as you say, was disappointing. Um, we have been quite susceptible to set pieces um, this this season so far. But um, I did hear a stat on the commentary. Um, uh, we we've got a lot of height in our team. I mean, I think six or seven of our players are over six foot. And I think Villa only had two players that were over six foot. Um, mm. And Bundea is a what four foot eleven or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, in, it was in high heels. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was disappointing to to concede a goal of that nature, um, and especially with uh, as you said, Luke Dean getting the assist. It was uh, <laughs> it felt a little bit like having a party at your, your at your own house, and your ex girlfriend who you still really like turning up and snogging their new boyfriend in front of you um, was uh, was how we sort of you know compared to how it felt, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, uh, but, well welcome yeah. Troy good to see you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hi Troy uh, yeah. <laughs> hello Justin <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah um, so yeah going into half time the Villa are on top but like as we spoke about before um, it was a game of two halves really because in the second half um, Everton made a few changes um, they started creating chances started getting balls into the box and in the second half, it was it was really like chalk and cheese, wasn't it? Uh, Troy, I'll go to you. Like, um, I know that you weren't very happy with the second half uh, from Villa, um, but you know you got to give Everton credit. I think they, um, you know, probably deserve maybe a point, you know, in a farewell. But you know, this is football. Well, yeah. I, I, can you can you hear me? Okay, by the way. Yeah, sure can. Okay, I uh, I sort of just uh, jumped in in time to hear Justin say he was disappointed with how Everton were in the first half. I got a difference of opinion there. I actually thought they were far better in the first half, and I, and I think it was that last minute goal that that completely changed Big Dunk's um, mindset. I think had that game gone on. That game was well and truly in the balance. We were playing well, but I don't. Okay, they didn't have. Um, uh, okay, they didn't have a shot on target, and you can look at the stats and you can argue that, but it wasn't ugly football. In the second half, they went for sort of 1987 Wimbledon type football. I was expecting Vinnie Jones to come on. It was just hoofball. It was it was horrible. Um, flat track bullies, and it, it wasn't it wasn't pretty football. Um, and I don't think it's the way forward. I, I think a lot of Everton fans. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, might look at that and go, is this the football that we want to play? Will this stop us getting dragged um, into a relegation fight? If if you signed a new manager and he played that brand of football, I would be absolutely furious. Well, I think, the, in, I think you know, it's a fair point 
um, you know, uh, but you know, statistics um, that you know, the, we've, I think the intensity and passion was was greater than we've seen in previous weeks under Benitez. But I think um, for all our sort of huff and puff in the first half, we weren't getting the ball into danger areas. And mm. I think Ferguson just said, "Look, you know, we we're in a scrap here. Um, we need points. We, if we're not careful, we've got some big games coming up. We need to start winning. We need to start getting points on the board. If we don't." Uh, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, let's get the ball into the danger areas, and you know, let's think about the brand of football when we're safe. Probably, which yeah. is probably where they're heading at the minute. Um, so, yeah, good you know, point. I, I, I didn't have, I didn't overly have a problem with the style of the brand of football in the second half. You know, there's plenty of time to develop that uh, and develop a, an identity and a culture as we as we move on. But I think at the minute, it's just about you know putting the opposition under pressure, getting getting balls into the right areas, and I think mm. that's what they what they tried to do and they you know and we had enough chances to to get a draw or even win the game in the second half but it just didn't go for us it was one of those it's one of those afternoons where I just watched and I just thought you know no matter how long we play for today we're just not going to get that goal you know and you know and you just know mm. yeah yeah well um, I think I think that was a good that's a good point I mean you guys can't really worry about the the style of football when you're one nil down at home and, and, you know, you've just had the manager sacked and you've got the crowd booing and you haven't had a shot at Tiger. It's you've got to change something. And he did, he went, he went more direct and why wouldn't you? Because, um, you know, Villa have looked vulnerable as well at, at the back um, at times this season. Um, so why wouldn't you go like try and pump some balls in when you've got Tyro Mings, who I thought had probably one of his more shaky games. Um, I think, in the second half, especially Calvert-Lewis start, started um, dominating him a bit, and um, yeah, so I, I can see I can see why they did it, and then they, they brought the young kid on. He was he was brilliant. He, he was, played really he was well. Fantastic. Yeah, um, we should and, buy him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think they're going to let him go. Um, no. But uh, yeah, so. Um, Go, yeah, well, hang second. on, Justin. Why didn't he start? I, I don't know Everton enough to. Do, when this guy came on, I'd heard his name mentioned, and and he just lit the place up. Why was he not on in the, at the start of the first half? That I thought that was a really poor, poor call. I I honestly, uh, the only thing I can, I mean, you know, Ferguson. Um, Ferguson had a press conference prior to the game, a couple of days before the game, and you know, he he very much sort of um, gave the impression that he was based on his team selection, based on performance in, in training, intensity, um, and who he felt was going to give everything. I mean, he, he, th there was a, a question from the press that said, you know, do, do these players understand what it means to play for a massive club like Everton? And he went, they do now, believe me. So, yeah. he, and so whether he based it on um, what he saw in training or in, you know, that level of intensity, I mean, you know, I mean, he would have, the thing is, he would have had to have, to, to have played, to have accommodated Gordon, he would have had to have either have dropped Townsend or Gray, uh, both of whom, you know, have, have been, I mean, Gray in particular has been amazing for us this season for mm. 1.7 mm. million, absolute steal. Um, so, um, you know, and whether he thought Townsend's experience in that first game back in, just, I don't know, just maybe, maybe that shaded it, but no doubt, I mean, the kid needs to, needs to start moving forward. He is, uh, he's been excellent for us this year. Uh, in, you know, him and Damari Gray really, um, you know, possibly, you know, you could, you know, Jordan Pickford has been solid for us this year. He's, so he's still got rid of his demons. Mm. Other than that, everyone's been a little bit inconsistent up and down. Troy, I wanted to, um, just to go to you about um, about Ollie Watkins and his performance because there was a there was quite a um, a sort of a wide variety of views on on his performance on the weekend. A lot of people said put in a good shift, you know gave Everton lots of problems. But then there's the other side that said, you know, he sh he's got to score that chance when mm, Pickford mm. closes him down. Um, and, you know, he's offside for the mm. header where Pickford makes another good save, but he's offside. When's he and not offside though, Scotty? Exactly. And, and that's that's the thing. Like, um, which side of, that, of the fence do you fall on that one? Do you think that we need to be seeing more? Do you think that we could see Danny Ng starting over him in the coming weeks? Look, Danny Ings, uh, and I, for the last few weeks, I've said it looks like he, he he smokes 40 a day the way he gets around the pitch. He doesn't look well. He looks pissed off. He, he doesn't look like he's in the mood. We didn't see anything of him in the second half because he got no service. We were all, basically, we parked the bus and we were just, uh, you know, we were we were flat out handling the long bombs. Ings was never going to get the ball. Um, 
I would give him a go uh, at the start of the next game. Ollie Watkins runs a defence ragged. You watch them. They're having a look at him wherever he, he comes back and he plays almost like a false nine, but you can't play a false nine if you haven't got the striker in front of you. He is the striker. Um, and he can come back and he can get the ball, but there's no one to feed it to. Um but when, when it comes time to say, okay, well, now you're up front, now you've been fed the ball or, or it drops at your feet, you've got to control it. The ball bounces off him. Mm. He's got no – he can trap a ball further than I can kick it. <laughs> um, and you know what? If you get the ball and you're inside the – you know, it's inside of 12 yards, uh, Pickford's a good goalkeeper. Mm. Let's, he's got a ridiculous haircut, but he's a fantastic goalkeeper. And you're going to struggle to beat him, which is why he's, he, he plays for England. Mm. You've got to be, you've got to be getting shot at that one with the ball landed at his feet. Had he taken that and turned, it would have been absolute genius, but he made a fucking mess of it. And it was a difficult you, one to control coming over his it, shoulder like that. I mean, um, I, I it was, but, but, but Scotty, this is, this isn't you and me no. who just turned up on the pitch. We won a lottery. This is a guy who gets, I don't know how much he gets paid 40, 50, 60, 80,000 pounds a week. You cannot tell me they're lobbing these balls at him 10 times a day, right? Control it and shoot control. This is what he does mm. for a living. And there's no excuse not to be smashing these in. He's, he's gotta be even the shots he hits a lot of the time. They're not in the top corner. They're not in the bottom. They're, they're kind of just, I'm just going to smash it roughly in the direction of that area. They call a guy. He's no, he's not doing it for me. Um, I understand he's got a newborn baby and we all know what that's. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. He is the newborn baby. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's difficult. Um, he's got, he's, I, I think know, it'll come though. Do you think, life. do you think it will come for him? Uh, um, look, if you have a look at most, yeah, if you have a look at most, if you ever look at most strikers, you find there's a lull in their career where they just don't kick on for whatever reason. Maybe he's going through that. Um, mm. But at the moment, he's got to be, someone's got to put him on the bench and say, look, this isn't anything personal. You've got a lot going on in your life right now. We're going to give us a bit of an extended run. When he's knackered, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll send you out there. But he's just not doing it for me. He's, a, he, he's, he's almost become what I would describe as a dynamic Emil Heskey, a non-scoring defensive striker. Mm. Well, um, we have uh, had rumours, Noah, of uh, Luis Suarez coming uh, in the January transfer window. What, what were your thoughts on that? Or Bentacore as well? You could tell us about that. I mean, week. I just saw the Suarez one pop up and apparently we're not going to go for him in January anymore. Mm. Um, but Suarez suggested a Uruguayan midfielder from Juve. I don't, it's up to the, I don't know. His Benton Core, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's a good player. Yeah, a good player. No, I'm on FIFA. I got a nice card on FIFA, so back him in to do a job for the Villa, obviously. <laughs> it's always it's always about the FIFA card. <laughs> Mate, but... I, I should, I'll check his FIFA card out. Oh, yeah, yeah. good. He, you know, um, but it's exciting times to be a Villa fan, you know. I mean, I don't remember the time where we've been able to really buy the quality of players like this. In my, no. Like, attracting someone from Juve competing in for titles in Italy to come mm. to, at the moment, a mid table villa squad it's it's incredible well that's it i mean it was only like three years ago we were playing rotherham away and now we're signing coutinho and um you know players like that so it's um yeah it's it's been a huge change but um well, if you go back just a few years yeah. before that sorry scotty just to bring justin back into it um if, if you go back half a dozen years we were in a very similar position to everton we, we had an owner we had a well a chairman well past his 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 prime. They've got Ken Wright, who I can't believe that he can run a modern day football club at his age as he lost interest. They've got an owner who say, you know what, like Zhao, I'll chuck mm. money at it. Let's just chuck money at it. We'll swap managers. We'll change managers. And then like us with Martin O'Neill, who came in and said, you know, he said, look, I'm I'm going to dictate everything. I'm going to dictate the transfer funds. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. I'm going to put fourth choice right backs on forty thousand pounds a week. This was then and yeah. sunk the club. Um, uh, they had Rafa Benitez, who I understand he he, he sacked their head of medical, he sacked their head of coach, he, uh, scouting. He he's just sacked everyone. He's like, I am taking control. You can't run a club like that. Where do you start rebuilding? It's got to take the owner to turn around and say, okay, look, I've I've thrown and I I heard six hundred million pounds he's thrown at Everton. Mm. That's not an insubstantial amount of money. I don't care how rich you are, and he's got to get the right man for the job. Duncan Ferguson, isn't it? But he's got to get someone who will say, I will get ahead of scouting. I will get ahead of medical. I'm not going to do all this. 
I need an expert to do this. And if I get 10 different experts to do the job and I, I overlook everybody, that's the kind of manager um, that they need. And they need to get the players on board. They don't have awful players. That, they've got some rather good players. There's no way they're scrapping for relegation. Everton at the moment are a decent midfield, uh, mid-table side, and they need to have a manager who can who can get the most of them. I think the rot has, has started from Benitez. It's gone up, it's gone down, and it's gone in both directions. They have, so, they have so an who amazing think, squad. Who do you think that, yeah. that new man should be, uh, Justin? You, and you can talk about also Benitez and sort of what went wrong there. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think there's, you know, the, 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 the issues at the club run, you're, you're right, Troy, the, the issues at the club run much deeper uh, and wider than just having the right manager in place. You know, we've, we've had six managers in so many years, the same amount of years pretty much, um, including caretaker managers. Um, and, you know, and, and you, you can draw some comparisons in terms of the journey that, uh, Villa have been on. Um, I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago. You were, you pre- Villa's Premiership uh, status was, was hanging hanging by a thread. Um, you know that, and we could have been having a completely different conversation about you about Villa's journey. Um, but you managed to stay up, and you've you know you, you sold your best player, and you've invested well in, into the squad, and, and you've got a, a good young manager now that then you seem to be going places. Uh, conversely, we've you know we've we've spent an awful lot of money um and you know there's no i think there is a effect, genuine affection for moshri i think you know he's he's making good his promise on his you know with our new stadium is going to be mm. incredible uh, it's on the banks of the mersey um it's hugely um uh hugely futuristic and you know uh, incredible stadium it's going to be but you know we don't want to be we don't want to have the best stadium in the championship um mm. so uh Newcastle half, will have that. Yeah, well, hopefully. Um, <laughs> half, a billion, half a billion quid uh, spent on players. Uh, there's been some. I think the problem. The problem is uh, when you're when you're a club like like we are, where we've sort of been on and off top ten a couple of seasons, a few seasons on the cusp of. You know, we've qualified for Europe a couple of times. I mean, we finished fifth under Martinez. You know, it's not been a complete disaster the last seven or eight years, but. When you're on that, when you're just on that cusp of being, we're not quite one of the big clubs, but so you can't quite attract the biggest names. So you have to, what you do is you end up paying over the odds for the next level yeah. down. Do you know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's yeah. where we've gone wrong. And there's been some panic buys in there. I mean, I mean, Iwobi for 27 million. I mean, he can't cross a ball. He can't pass. He can't beat a man, and he's not very fast. But other than that, he's, he was a fantastic value for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he got himself. And, he got himself sent off over last night as well for Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and ironically, it just goes to show you. And I think I referenced it earlier. You know, for all the hundreds of millions of pounds we spent, you know, the, some of the you know the best the best performances in recent times have been from a guy that cost one point seven million quid from. Bayer Leverkusen and and Anthony Gordon, you know, uh, you know, it's just mm. the thing is, I think it's not. It, there's so many things to get the get the chemistry right to be a, to be successful, but you know, you can. It's but it's about that's what exactly what it is. It's about chemistry. It's about the right. It's 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 a it's yes, it's tactics. Yeah, it's investment in the right areas. Yeah, it's the fan base getting on the side and getting behind the project. But ultimately, it's about just get. It's just somebody who clicks, it clicks with the board, clicks with the players, click, clicks with the fan base. You know, I mean, look at you know, look at what Leicester City achieved. You know, not that long ago. You know, that, they were. I mean, Mark Albrighton, for God's sake, got released by Villa and sort of winning the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You know. It's it's about getting they I mean they were just a mixture of Real Mar Riyad Mahrez, half a million quid from French football, Jamie Vardy, a million quid from non-league. You know, it's a it's not about hugely expensive players. It's about getting the right players, the right team spirit, the right togetherness, bit of luck with injuries, and you can go places with a squad, but you know, the mentality is is everything. And right as of recent years, we just haven't had that. No, it seemed like that you were playing you're paying a lot for sort of top four has-beens or players that have been discarded, you know, like, whereas mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, like maybe Villa on the other hand, we're, we're, we're trying to buy young players who, like John McGinn, for example, like, you know, Hibbs, youngster, 
2.5 million. And, you know, we, we sort of grew him into a, you know, a great player for us, you know, and I think, you know, teams like Villa and Everton, that's really what they've got to do. They've got to sort of try and find these diamonds in the rough, either young players or players maybe from leagues that, you know, that you don't know much about, like when, when Leicester got Kante, players like that. And then you, you've got to just really, yeah, put, put all your eggs in that basket and try and um, try and create a, a, a good young squad. And um, I mean, I hope, hopefully, uh, I think that's the way Villa are going uh, with players like Esri Concer and these kind of guys we've brought in, as well as um, Jacob Ramsey, Chuck Wameka coming through the ranks, you know. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think Everton have got that same sort of youth system. They've got a youth system that is is highly regarded and have, has had many great players come through. And I, I hope I hope for their sake that that's the way that they go and that they you know start putting putting faith in these guys. You you um, yeah you, you're right. And and I, and I just want to mention Watkins and draw some comparisons with um, Calvert Lewin. Um, Calvert Lewin is as you know he's developed no no doubt he's developed brilliantly as a as a, as a centre forward and under Ferguson's tutelage and you know he's come on and he's a fully fledged England international now and you know he's genuine he's a genuinely he's a good lad uh, grafter handful to, to play against um, but he lacks that clinical edge you know mm. he you know he gen- in, and I think you know Watkins is of a similar ilk I mean uh, Watkins is not not quite as tall and as good in the air but he's you know he's very mobile strong mm. difficult to play against difficult to mark um but that clinical edge is what sets aside you know the the, the good and the great and yeah. that and Carl Lewin still isn't there yet you know he, he misses a lot of one-on-ones with the keeper that that is mm. a thing and I think Watkins is probably he's probably Watkins is probably a year or two on behind Carl Lewin in terms of the journey um yeah. This, but you can draw comparisons certainly, and you know, I think if, if Villa and Everton really, I guess we're going to kick on. We need you need a you need a striker that that is going to be finish those chances. Or um, the Liverpool model, and you touched on it earlier, mm. Troy, the false nine model. You, you don't necessarily need a prolific uh, striker if he's dropping deeper and playing as a false nine, but your wingers need to weigh in like Mane and Salah do. If, yeah. if you can play the false nine successfully. So, so yeah. Noah, you wanted to chip in? Yeah, well, I think like a few comparisons with Villa and Everton. You know, recently Everton yeah. sold a marquee player of their own, Romelu Lukaku. I'm not sure how much money they got for him. Do you remember, Justin? I'm not sure how much he... It was like 70 or something like that. De- I got a decent pay packet, but I just don't think that Everton spent the money wisely on that. You know, we bought in quality players, but they bought in someone like Clavin. David David Lee Cavill, the 20 million pounds is now playing in the Bundesliga or something. Uh, he did barely played for Everton. Um, Gabamon as well. He's been injured for, I think, since he arrived. Gabamon, he was like coming in as a bulldozing CDM. It's not that we want to try sign, but I just think yeah. that the investment, I think it was at Komen, I think might have been the manager, just didn't quite get it right Kane, when. R- yeah, Ronald Komen, yeah. Komen, yeah. He didn't yeah. quite get it right when buying the replacement players, he didn't quite replace you know, the marquee player, like what, what we've done really, you know, we've really strengthened the whole squad. As I said, I saw a stat, we spend 115 million on Coutinho, Digne, Buendia, Ings and Bailey. You know, that's mm-hmm. honestly so that, amazing. That's, like, that's the Grealish money pretty yeah, much. And gone. we've got, you know, but but I think we've replaced him quite well. Um, yeah. You know, um, if you would said to me this time last season, you're going to lose Grealish, I would have been like, oh no, oh no. But and I was when it happened, but you know, you um, still are. I, so well, I. Yeah, I still so am. I. I, you know, he was. I was a fanboy. Um, but you know, look at him now. He's he's at, he's not really doing work very well at City at all. And um, I mean, he's in a great team, so that's kind of hiding it. He's going to win, isn't he? He's going to get what he yeah. wants. He's going to get that trophy cabinet full. But Justin, because yeah. obviously we don't get the, quite the news access over there. Are the media calling him a flop in in the UK? Like, what's the actual vibe around the Grealish situation? Because I think two two Premier League goals this season. For 100 mil, um, he's not quite he's not quite hitting the heights, is he? I mean, I, I suppose it's does it come down to does it come down to a mentality shift because he's no longer a big fish, is he? Um, you know, he's he's just another top quality player at Man City, um, and they just seem to have this ability to be able to win win football matches 
I mean, it's just you know, they haven't got a striker. It's no, weird. No, no. They played Grealish at striker against Southampton, I think it yeah. was like bizarre. Ridiculous, isn't it? Bizarre. Yeah, totally. And, and they just they've got the, they've got all these all these players who are so comfortable in possession and they're just little triangles creating creating opportunities. And um, you know, I, I don't know if Grealish just feels a little bit whether and I've got no doubt he has got enough quality to 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 you know to make an impression but at the minute whether he's just finding his feet because he's just surrounded by superstars you know yeah. look, look to one side you've got De Bruyne you've got you know you've got Riyad Mahrez you've got Sterling you've got you know he's yeah. just surrounded by players of similar quality yeah um, and maybe he's just struggling with it a little bit perhaps I, I think when he was at Villa uh, he could get the ball and he knew he could do whatever he wanted with that ball. Yeah. He was the yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. If he wanted to take on five or six people and he lose the ball, no one cared because we no. knew that five minutes later he could do that and set someone up for a goal. So, but when he's at city, he seems to want to take people on, but then just turn it around and then, yeah. you know, play it backwards or sideways because I don't know, maybe he thinks, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get like shouted at by Pep or something. I don't know. Like, but it's, it's, it's very strange because yeah. he was a player that used to just take people on, run with the ball. And, and was so good, good at it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm telling you, if he were say he was performing like this at Villa in the England squad, mm. he would not get caught up for the next squad. No. But no. I will say it now. Grealish will be in that England squad. Yeah. He'll be yeah. in that squad. And someone that's performing well, I don't know. Let's say Jacob Ramsey, in case he got another level, will miss out. Yeah. Because he's at Villa. Because he's at Man City, he will be in that England squad. And he shouldn't be, in my opinion, on current form. <laughs> You know, yeah. Justin said he looks around and he's surrounded by world-class class quality. I think the biggest problem is he's surrounded by world-class egos. And Pep knows that if I say to Grealish, you know what? Be like you were at Villa. Have at it. Have a bit of a free roll. Do what you like. Sterling is going to go, that includes me too. De Bruyne is going to go, yeah. And next thing you're going to have really, you know, probably six players doing whatever the hell they want, mm. running where they like because their ego says, hang on a second, I'm as good as Grealish. If he gets the run of the play, I'm going to do it as well. So he has to keep them in check. And he has to say, hang on, we're playing the way I want to play. You do A, B, C, you do D, E, F. And that's, it's very robotic football. It works fantastically well. But fuck me, it's boring to watch. If he said, if he picked a player every week, right, this week, you can do whatever the hell you like. This week is Grealish's turn. I think the country would see what he's really capable of in a team like that, and he would just light the world up. Yeah. All right. Well, um, okay. Well, we'll, we'll move on to – I've got a bit of a game for Justin because he's our guest. We normally do a quiz um, every second episode. Because Tommy's not here, we're going to put that back. And because we've got – I think uh, 16 days till the next game uh, leads. Wow. Yeah, so we've got a bit of a break. So we'll probably do another um, episode, just a quiz um, in a week or so. So look out for that one. Um, thanks for liking and subscribing, everyone. Thanks, Justin, for coming on. And um, 117 subs now, Scotty. Wow. So I was looking at it, and when Stevie, Stephen Gerrard got appointed, the mm -hmm. video, we had 80 subs. This is what, four or five weeks ago, six weeks ago? So the support's coming, coming along nicely. So thank you to everyone. All right. And this, uh, yeah. so I've got a little quiz for you, Justin. I'm calling this Villaton quiz. So <laughs> these are questions, um, questions about Villa and Everton. And um, let's see how well you do. So you've got six questions, uh, no, seven questions. And let's see if you can get a, a positive score. All right. If he, let's, let's say he doesn't get it right. Am I allowed to answer it as well? No, I just want to answer it. I want an answer. All right, you can answer it if he gets <laughs> if it wrong. If he gets it wrong, thank you. Okay, okay. I'm backing um, him in, though. I'm backing <laughs> him in. All right, so question number one. Um, when Villa got no one assumes I'm not going to be able to answer it. Thanks very much, mate. <laughs> <laughs> when Villa got promoted um, recently, their first victory was against Everton, 2-0 um, at Villa Park on a Friday night. Um who scored the second goal for Villa in the 2-0 win? Really? I don't know that. I know that. <laughs> of course you do. Uh, John McGinn. No, it's no. Everton's Anwar El Ghazi. <laughs> was uh, the goal scorer on that one. So. He, to be fair, he took, it, he took it off Grealish or McGinn. I don't remember which one it was, but one of them was running onto the ball. He just cut it and put it through yeah. Pickens' legs. He did, he did. All right, so number two. Um, in 1977, Everton played Villa in the League Cup final. 
Uh, after two draws, Villa won the second replay 3-2. Can you name one of Everton's two goal scorers on that day? Uh, ooh, 77. Uh, Bob Latchford. Correct. Well done. Yeah, Robert I'll, I'll Lashford not have, and, that, Mick, right. and Mick Lyons were the two goal scorers for Everton. Um, well Chris, Chris Nickel and two for Brian Little for Villa. Sir Brian Little. I guess Sir Brian Little. Thank you. Uh, all right. In November 1999, you and I went to Goodison Park together to watch Everton yeah. versus Aston Villa. And yeah. you made me sit in the Gla- Gladys Street end. <laughs> what was the score in that game? Do you remember? Yeah, it was 2 2. Was it? Nope. It was oh. nil nil. <laughs> <laughs> but, I wonder I that. That is a, that's a great game. Oh, <laughs> but Carboni yeah. hit the post, I think, in the last five minutes. And I'm in the Everton end. And I went to like jump. And then he, Justin like, sort of grabbed me and said, don't, don't celebrate. Uh, <laughs> Justin was obviously singing, let's pretend we've scored a goal and actually yeah. convinced himself he had <laughs> twice. <laughs> All right, I've got. An, I, I, but, if, that's, uh, if, if your if your um, your few months that you came and lived with me in the UK was anything to go by, we were probably off our faces anyway. So uh, we were, yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was quite a hazy time. But, um, trust me, but, boy, he, he arrived in the UK, a boy, and went home a man, didn't you? That's that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I slayed many dragons, just like uh, Richard the Lionheart. Um, <laughs> anyway, so but that question has an added bonus question. Here comes Mrs. Yeah. Keeper with a shoe. And the the other the so the bonus question was, what other game did we go to at Goodison Park? Do you remember that? It was a Tuesday night. Oh God. Um... <laughs> this was before Noah was born. So He's, wait, no, I was born. 99? Yeah, I was born. I was like yeah. six months old. So, yeah, come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, God. We, we went to – it was a League Cup match, second round. Could be anyone. Second <laughs> second leg against oh, a, a lower league side. Was it Rotherham? No, it was Oxford. And we lo- and Everton lost 1-0 and went through – Two one. That sounds about, that sounds yeah. about right. But I yeah. got the best uh, pie, chips, and curry sauce I've ever had on the, that day. That was absolutely well, fantastic. Well, funny enough, when when I took the kids on January the second, we had uh, chips and curry sauce from that exact same chippy. So uh, yep. yeah, awesome. I love the uh, the old grounds like that with the so terrace houses on one side, the ground on the it. other side. Is brilliant. Um, all right. So which player signed for Aston Villa? Uh, from Everton for three days before moving back to Everton. Apparently, uh, his uh, wife didn't realise how far Birmingham was from Liverpool and didn't want to travel. Rhino. Rhino, David Unsworth. Correct. Yeah. And that makes you two and two? Yep. It's a long so, trip, to be fair. It is. <laughs> That's one of the most bizarre Premier League uh, signings of all time. Um, didn't even make an appearance. All right, so you've got three to go. You're two and two. So um, in the 80s, Andy Gray spent two seasons at Everton with 49 appearances and two seasons at Aston Villa with 54 appearances in his second spell. He'd been at Villa before, but in his second spell. In in which spell did – or which side did he score more goals for, Everton or Villa in those two different spells? So Um, he played played 54 times – for Villa, 49 times for Everton. Uh, oh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Everton. It's correct. 14 yep. times for Everton and he only scored five times for Villa in that second spell. Bit, he bit, was bit pretty, of a disappointing. Yeah, he second was, spell wasn't so good. Hmm. No, nah, he was, uh, he was, you know, he was a massive fan's favourite back back in there. He was such a brave centre forward. It was a you, you often said about Andy Gray, he put his head where most people wouldn't put their boots. Do you, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Everton fans weren't happy when they sold him. And do you remember who they replaced him with? Uh, Lineker. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So he he did all right. I think they got over it pretty quick. Well, yeah. Lineker scored thirty nine goals in a season, and then we sold him to Barcelona. He won the world. He won the World Cup Golden Boot, mm. and then off he went to Barcelona. So we got one season out of him. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. I okay. used to practice being Andy Gray at school. 
good with diving headers and tore my pants every week with that fail. My mother hated Andy Gray. <laughs> All right, so two to go, and you're three two ahead. Um, so in uh, in February 2013, Villa and Everton drew three three at Goodison Park. Christian Benteke scored twice for Villa on that day. Who scored twice for Everton? 2013. 2013. 3-3 draw. Oh, uh, it would have been Moyes, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, it would have been. Would it have been? Uh, oh, actually, 2013. I don't think it was. I think he was at United. Oh, yeah. He would have been at United. Yeah, because yeah, the season... Been, we, yeah. Would have been Martinez then, wouldn't it? Um, well... I mean, the obvious, I suppose the obvious answer was, uh, I'll, go, I'll go Lukaku. It was Fellaini. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was either yeah. Leon Osborne or Fellaini. All right, yeah. so you're 3-3. Three, you're, you're three, three. Uh, this is the last one. Um, so this is, the, this is to see if you can get a positive score. Question number seven. Who has won the first division more, Aston Villa or Everton? Uh, Everton have won it nine times. Villa have won it seven. Correct. Well done. You've been rubbing in all night, Scotty. He deserved one back. Well yeah, done. I thought I'd give him that one just at the end, you know, just to make yeah. uh, make him feel better. But thanks for coming. So, thanks for coming on. It was um, it was a good game from a Villa point of view. Three points in the bag. We got a, a nice little break now until Leeds next. Um, who have Everton got next, Chosen? Well, it's funny because I was looking at the fixtures um, and you know. We we play Newcastle and Leeds, and you play Leeds and Newcastle, or yeah. vice versa. Um, so for for us, I mean, we've got our next three games: Leeds, Newcastle, and Southampton. All teams wow. that are in and around us, hugely important run of fixtures. So we're looking at it very much from a survival perspective. We need to take some points from those. And you've got uh, Leeds and Newcastle, and who's after, who's after that? Yeah, bright. We have a, we have a pretty steady bright. run. Yeah. So you're you're very much looking at it from a, we could start knocking on the door of the top seven or eight here if we if we put a run, run of fixtures together and they're all mm. winnable games for you guys aren't they so similar similar fixtures coming at it from a different perspective altogether but yeah um, so yeah we've got some must win games coming up. Yeah, uh, well, you lose against Newcastle. I think that could be the start of a big bit of trouble toxic, for you toxic time i reckon for sure i, I think yeah. so well you talk about toxic I, I don't know whether before i came on if you talked about the fans reaction to our we goal did. We did. um and you know what i've i always see parallels and the, the very similarities uh, very similar clubs between between villa and everton and I, I thought to see their fans reacting like that it really is uh i i i, I think it tells a bit of a story about what's going on at the club at the moment, because under normal circumstances, I can't imagine their fans doing anything like that. No, really it, remind, it reminds me of the Villa situation when Bruce was in charge and when the they, threw the, when they threw the cabbage at him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. I, I mean, uh, at the minute there's a, there's a great deal of unrest throughout the fan base. Do we've currently got a, there's a currently a um, sort of a movement, if you like, called, uh, called 27 years, um, which is, how long it is since we last won a won a trophy, um, and it's about it's about a sort of a, an in depth root and branch sort of restructure of the club and the board, and you know how Moshri is as you know where where he's invested, how he's invested. There's a you know Ken Wright isn't isn't you know people feel that Ken Wright needs to move aside and let you know let somebody else come in. It's it's a you know there's a huge amount of unrest and to- toxicity. Um, in terms of the reaction to the goal, I mean, you, you guys touched on it earlier. I mean, I, I want to say, I just, I just want to say, I am, you know, it's, it's a disgrace that anyone would throw anything from the crowd at, at, at players. I don't condone it for one second. Um, but just a couple of points on, on it. I, you know, first and foremost, you know, you know, don't celebrate right in front of the Gladys Street end. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, it was it was a silly thing to do. It was provocative, um, for sure. It was provocative. But, I mean, I mean, and again, please don't don't shoot me down here because I'm <laughs> totally and utterly against the whole missile throwing thing. And I hope the guy gets banned for life or whatever. 
Well, Matt, Matt Cash came out on Twitter and said, it's not every day you get hit in the head by a bottle. Have you watched it in slow motion? It didn't go anywhere near him. He went down like it was like he'd been shot. It didn't, it didn't touch him. It looked yeah. didn't more for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a bit, it's a bit, come on, mate, really? And it was a plastic Lucozade bottle. It was not, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Nuki Brown bottle or, or whatever. So, I don't know. I, it, it, you know, I think don't, don't, make a, don't make an issue where there isn't one. But as I say, just, yeah. that's just my, just, just my, just like counterpoint. I'm disgusted by the by the throwing, but I'm not. Yeah, I wanted to to ask you one thing, Justin. Like, is Richarlison the biggest prick in the league? Like, I mean, how do Everton fans feel about him? Because, like, from from an outside point of view, it just seems like even with his own teammates, he's he's one of these kind of characters that is just not very likable. Do you know what though? He's one of those, isn't it? I mean. I think he he would, you know, he would. Most most teams would have him. Um, oh yeah. You know, you know you, if you know if Villa made a move for him, you wouldn't be disappointed. Oh. Um, but he's. I think it's his body language. Just the way he the way he holds himself. He's just. He looks surly. Mm, you know. He yeah. looks mardy. But I mean, he's. You know, if you if you follow you follow him on Twitter and you follow and the club and and everything. He's massive, you know. He's, he's he interacts with fans. Um, he he does a lot. He does does a lot of work for charity. Yeah. You know, he's, he's he's a lovely guy. He's from the favelas. He's he know he doesn't forget where he's come from. He's he's you know he's donated money for like projects and schools. And he's actually a decent lad. I just think he comes across like that. It's a bit yeah. like I tell you what. It's you, you can draw comparisons with Suarez. I mean Suarez. Suarez was a nasty piece of work. Bruno like, Fernandes as well. On, I get yeah. that same sort of, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. On the pitch, horrible. Mm. Opposition fans yeah. hating him. You know, nasty, yeah. nasty piece of work. But, you know, actually in real life, lovely guy. And he is, mm. you know. So I just think he gets a bit of press, to be honest. But That's it. You know. It's like he's a bastard, but he's our bastard. It's him and, it's him and Bruno for me who I hate the most in the Prem. I still hate Bruno the most. I don't know what yeah. it is. I, just, I can't stand him. But I, I, for some reason, I just don't like Richarlison either. It's weird because he's a quality player, but I just, just hate him. My least, my, my, by a country mile, and I just can't stand the little rat face, little Andrew Robertson. I just, <laughs> I, I, how did I know it was going to be a Liverpool player? Yeah. I, I could never guess that. I was, uh, I was like, is he going to say Trent? Is he going to say Van Dyke? Let me ask you what you thought of the VAR call yesterday with the in the Liverpool game. Oh, did you see that? Shocking. I didn't see it. Honestly, didn't see it. Absolutely pathetic. You know, I, I want. I've got actually. I wrote down here, and I didn't. I didn't know if we would have time, but I wanted to ask you guys. Um, what are your thoughts on genuinely? Is there corruption in the Premier League in terms? Yes. Of, in terms yes. of the big club, big clubs getting the decisions. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. You know, there was a. There, I don't know if you've ever seen that. There's a, a quote from a, um, a Premier League executive Mark who says, "Who said no? It was from. A, I'm sure it was from an exec. I, I know the one you're talking about, Mark Halsey, but it's a Premier League executive saying, being quoted as saying, "We don't want situations like Leicester winning the league too often." Wow. And it was actually an actual Premier League executive that was quoted saying it, and it and genuinely it seems to be the case, you know. It's it's weird. Um, I, I look at yeah. the United goal versus West Ham, and if that's Cavani, if Villa, if Cavani's in a Villa shirt there, he's offside, and they take four, they take four years to watch his offside and give it offside and disallow the goal. Mm-hmm. But Cavani, oh, it's fine, goal. I mean, there See, wasn't that- there wasn't too much difference between the the Jota penalty. And the one that Ollie Watkins nips apart, no no. nips apart Pickford, yeah. and then Pickford takes him out. Yeah, he appealed for a penalty, but it wasn't a penalty. There was no debate. You know, it, it might have gone to VAR, but you know, they, we didn't get the whole. It just feels like whenever the referee goes to the camera, he feels pressured to to give it or to change his decision. Um, mm. And I think that I don't know if there's a conspiracy, but. I think subconsciously there could be one in the referees give in to the pressure of the big six, you know, and that sort of mentality. And, uh, and we spoke about it last week with um, referees, I think are going to have to come out and say who they support because some referees got a picture of him outside Old Trafford. No, as, that, that, as that, was fake, that, that was fake. That was fake. Yeah, okay, that was that fake. Was fake. 
right. Yeah, but apparently, apparently, no, apparently it is true though. They have to they have to say who they support. Um, and they won't be refereeing those matches anymore. Or matches that concern them in the league. So, for example, like Man U, you won't referee a Man City yeah. game or a, a league decider sort of thing. I, I saw know? a video yesterday of Roy Keane uh, when he was uh, captain for Man United and he stood there in the tunnel against Wolves and Wolves were fucking around. Paul Ince was playing for Wolves at the time. He was still putting his top on. Roy Keane's gone, fuck it, let's go. And he's pushed past the referee. The referee's gone, oh, hang on a second, you can't go. And he's, I'm going. And he basically he's just walked out. Man United players started pouring out uh, and the officials are sitting there going, oh, 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 what are we, we going to do? What are we going to do? Wolves went to walk out. The officials stopped them. No, wait. You wait for Man United. And I think, I think the whole attitude is, you know, some people say, well, that's an elite winning mentality. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's being rude. It's being, you're being a bully. Yeah. It's a, and you're, you're dictating to the referee. No, no, no. I'm Roy Keane. I play for Man United. I'm the captain. I don't do what you say. You know, I'm in your ear and you manage the game. And, it, and if you get a call wrong, I'll be in your ear going, you owe me one now. Mm. And you you bet the referees will pay them back. The whole thing with VAR is 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 a joke. That the, the line, this this measuring the line is the most ridiculous. And I think the most ridiculous decision I've seen is with Wesley. When he yeah, was playing. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, he's like, his ankle was, well, his oh, heel was over the line. Yeah. We've lost Troy there. We've lost Troy. I can't hear him. Nah, we lost you, Troy. But anyway, um, but but no, I agree. I think I think VAR. I'm not against VAR, but I think it has to be done right, and it's not being implemented right at the moment. So, no, hundred percent. There we go. Get you back, Troy. Back. Back. Oh, you got me back. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, what I was saying with, with with Wesley, he was in the process of pushing out. He was running back out of yeah. the box. The defender was running back in. The play kept going. The ball chipped back in, and he came back. The VAR have looked at it. His heel was just literally the back of his heel was on as he's running out. So is there any, is, was it clear and obvious for a start? If you've got to get an electron microscope to measure this, it's not clear and obvious. The clear and obvious is, is ridiculous. It's, it's not, it's only clear and obvious when it's the top six. Mm. But the Man United thing, I looked at that and people are measuring it and they're measuring it with non-straight parallel lines and all this kind of, I, I looked at that and I'm thinking, is he offside looking at that? I, you know what? That's too hard to tell. If it's not clear and obvious, and if it's too hard to tell, you have to revert what the system used to be, which is the benefit of the doubt goes to the attacking side. VAR should look at that with the naked eye and go, do you know what? I'm zooming in. I'm not quite sure. I He looks onside to me. Let's go with it. Measuring this thing with the fucking lines is absolutely ridiculous. But that thing last night with, was it was it Jota? Jota, yeah. He's yeah. overkicked the ball and he's literally dived into the goalkeeper yeah, he stepped into the goalkeeper and he knew exactly what he was doing and he, the ball had gone he wasn't going to get to it it was no. yeah i mean like pretty much everyone who's a pundit or you know on twitter was saying that that wasn't a penalty and but you know yeah. var and the referee both decided it was um i mean i don't know why he calls him over to say you know, have a look at this, and I don't know why he doesn't look at it and just say, "No, I was right first." My first, because yeah. he doesn't give the penalty at first. Yeah, you know. Um. So yeah, it's it's crazy, but we should probably wrap it up because we've been going for a while. But Justin, it's been great to have you on, mate. Love Thanks you, love me. you, and um, we will be back um with our special quiz episode in the next week or so. So stay tuned to that, and we got leads coming up, and we'll do our predictions for leads and that but before i go uh, i want to say well done to the women's team they had a big yeah. win um and it was um alicia lemon's first goal for villa the 89th minute no, 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 90, 90, 90 second minute oh, right. yeah. Yep. yeah um so dougie, dougie louise's girlfriend, girlfriend who's <laughs> bisexual so he's uh he, he's had she he's is had, now yeah it's been a it's been a big win in their house for everyone <laughs> definitely good weekend <laughs> to be a villa fan in my opinion you know it's always it good was. to see so congratulations Yep. And um, yeah, so please like and subscribe, watch us, comment, and you can listen to us now on Spotify as well. So if you uh, prefer to not look at our ugly faces, do it that way. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, we'll see you all then and uh, up the villa. See you up later. The see, see you later. See ya.